This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody. It's not human intelligence. If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, July 25th. This is episode 386. My name is Dan Ellis. I'm joined uh, by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Taylor Grin. Uh, 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 hi. <laughs> Mr. Ryan Duffy. Oh, uh, that's this sexy motherfucker right here. Oh, good to see you guys. Good to hear you. Uh, what's new in your world? Let's start with Taylor. Um, I finally got furniture that's not a bed, so that's been fantastic. I spent most of this <laughs> afternoon putting that together. Um, Fun. Otherwise, really not that much. It's been ridiculously hot out here. Um, I think in American measurements, it was like 108 uh, last weekend. Yeah, with so like what, uh, 80%. 41 degrees Celsius? Not, yeah, like 41, 42. It was unpleasant. Uh, yeah, I spent the entire weekend in. Like I went out for brunch briefly and then like retreated back home. Um, so yeah, mostly just been trying to stay cool. I know a lot of places in Europe don't have AC because they haven't needed it. Is is mm-hmm. Italy similar? Like, do you have AC there? Italy needs it, <laughs> and oh. Italy knows that they need it. <laughs> so no, I've got I've got a couple of like kind of wall AC units uh, right now. They mm. are not particularly powerful, but Italy is really really damn good about insulating against heat so all of the windows in my house sans the one that leads out to my balcony have like these shutters on them that block like hot air from coming in and like keep the ac in the house so i've got like double paneled windows and then the shutters so like i retain the little heat that my air can or a little cool that my air conditioners produce and it just sits like all day oh that's so yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, but otherwise, fun. nothing like particularly new, just getting settled in. Yeah, that's good. It looked like you had a lovely dinner. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we're going to lose like a vegetarian or vegan Patreon from the show, but oh my God, <laughs> like the Italians do, do veal so damn good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! You said you were, you yeah. said you were craving what was it? Duck uh, uh, ragu, which is just like a, a meat sauce kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they they have like a like a pasta, either a big ole or a pappadel, um, and then you know with like a duck meat sauce. That's like the thing to keep in mind is that sauces in Italy are not like sauces in the states. Like an Italian would feel like their food is drowning to death, and they'd throw it a life preserver if they were to be served pasta by an American, like it's so saucy <laughs> we're here, like a ragu is like literally chunks of meat with like a little bit of sauce on them. And then that's mixed in the pasta with some olive oil. It's much more light. So mm. yeah. We're just yeah. a lot more saucy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I've come around to their way of, of doing things. Like I like I was hanging up at my house and I had the cheapo option. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm like, Grab some fucking, you know, Classico pasta sauce and like some, you know, uh, penne and just, you know, whatever. If I can make a pata thing and I ate it and I was like, this is so wet. Like <laughs> this flavor is so diluted and weird. It's sugary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, fun. Uh, what's new with you, Mr. Uh, Duffy? Well, I don't know. I mean, besides me fucking my face up, not much. <laughs> Fucking it up more, I think. You left the more off of there. Oh, were you saying I had a fucked up face? Oh, no, oh, I love your face. <laughs> no, what, so tell everybody what happened. I know you've got 12 stitches in your chin now. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, you can see it on camera. It's uh, a pretty good little spot there I got hit. 
So mm-hmm. what, Friday night we were doing uh, some night training. We had like so for us to keep our like standards up, we're, we're required to run so many drills during the day and so many drills at night with live mm-hmm. fire. So we were doing that, and uh, we were pulling. The guy pulled the hose off the back of the truck because we were using a different line than we normally use. And I was pulling the excess hose out of the hose bed to flake it out so he would so it won't get caught in the side of the truck as he was trying to take it into the building. And I'd probably given it about two good pulls, and then one of the pulls uh, coupling decided not to just come out and go down. It like launched forward and hit me right in the side of the fucking chin. So you hit yourself with the coupling is what it sounds like. Yeah. So I, well, and one thing we're wondering is there's a certain way you're supposed to fold couplings when you put them in uh-huh. so that they come out correctly. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering if it was folded the wrong way. So it kind of like popped up in the air instead of just sliding out. Firefighter so equivalent of packing a chute wrong. Mm. Yeah. So if, if the hose got put in there, if the, coupling got folded the wrong way into the into it it could have caused it to flip into the air which is kind of what happened it came straight up and uh bit me in the face i didn't know i was hurt right away either which sounds, was, uh, sounds like an opportunity for some remedial training mm. well i mean we'll find out <laughs> i mean that's i can't 100 say i mean and the thing is the hose bed that i'm pulling it out of it's about seven foot tall it's like mm-hmm. seven feet in the air, so I'm reaching up and grabbing this and yeah. pulling it down. And most of them, like I think I had at least one or two couplings that just you know fell out like normal, and one of them uh, decided to uh, hit me across the face like Mike Tyson. Oof, that's yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know I was hurt at first, and it was dark, so we're doing it at night. And it, mm-hmm. one guy came by, he's like, "Oh, your chin looks fucked up." I'm like, "Yeah, I think I just." scratched it real good like i think it just got a good like you know it didn't it wouldn't it didn't really bleed which was the weird thing because i figured if it was if it was bad i thought it would have been bleeding a lot and i had uh grabbed it with my glove or my hands i had gloves on i mm-hmm. grabbed it i had it there for a second i looked at the glove and i saw a little bit of blood and i kind of grabbed the back of my glove and put it up on it and there wasn't a whole lot of blood at all coming off on it so i'm like oh it's probably good and then I just continued the evolution until the end. And I was like, yeah, I think I hit my face a little bit. I think it's okay. And they're like, oh, no, that's not okay. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? My guy's got a little scratch on my chin, don't I? And they're like, no. So You're I took laid open. myself. I'm like, oh, that's way bigger than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look that bad. Then I got back to the station and looked at it. And I'm like, oh, the skin is like, it's, it's open. Mm. Like, oh. Oh. That's, uh, that, uh, yep, I agree. That needs stitches. Let's fucking go. It's not bueno. Mm. Yeah, I got home, got home from work around like three, three thirty in the morning. Yikes! So how work. how much time have you got off now? I just got one shift off. Yeah, most likely. I still can't feel it. Like I might be talking a little weird because this side of my lip doesn't quite work right yet and this year is all the bottom of my chin has like it feels like i'm at the dentist it really has no sensation oh really did they just numb you up way bad or could you not feel it after you got hit oh after i got hit i think i could feel it but then again i was doing this to a guy i was grabbing it and like squishing it back and forth i'm like is it opening like a fucking mouth or not he's like (laughs) i can't tell it's dark i'm like well, then it can't be that bad if it ain't opening up. But I guess it was just dark and he couldn't see that. Yeah, my face was opening up. It was open. <laughs> uh, yikes. So, well, I'm sorry that happened, man. It. it happens. Yeah. Well, it's not supposed to happen, but it happens. <laughs> yikes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Ouchie. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to get it stitched up and everything. That sucks, though. But, you know uh you'll you'll have a fun scar to tell stories about i know i just really hope that i get the feeling back in my face yeah i hope i don't have any nerve damage but yeah could be we'll see let's uh, you know but if i do have nerve damage that could pay out pretty fucking good yeah well i have i have yet another complaint about our healthcare system um tracy and i went to go have our eyes checked 
and it was this whole to do right where I have I have my main insurance, and then because in the United States they don't cover eyes and teeth on your main insurance, you have to have supplemental insurance for that. So I have supplemental insurance to get my eyes looked at, which means that you have to not only look through your main provider to see if they cover anything eye related, and mine does a little bit, but then you have supplemental insurance. So then you have to check with them to see who their preferred providers are. We had gone to a place the last time we got glasses that was on my insurance list and we were less than thrilled with the service we got there and it was very expensive. So we decided we would try somewhere else, got a referral from a friend. Uh, Tracy looked up that doctor and saw that, yes, indeed, that doctor is covered under our insurance. But uh, he and that was when he had his own private practice. He closed his private practice and now works inside a standard optical that's close to my house. And, but because he's covered under, under our insurance, we figured, oh, okay, no big deal. Went in, saw him, went through the whole exam, you know, got our new, pres- got our new prescriptions. I am interested in perhaps trying out contacts because I've never tried them before. And that. He, he So he ordered a bunch of different types of contacts, like extended wear, daily, monthly, um, some that are progressive lenses, some that are just for distance. Like I could swap them out based on what I was doing, right? And then Tracy goes in, has her thing, and I'm standing out there talking to the receptionists. And the the one lady that I was working with was like, okay, well, your insurance takes, you know, $200 off whatever frames and lenses you want to get here. And I'm like, well, I looked at my insurance just before we got here. And that's not what my insurance says on their website. It says that I can get, you know, two, two, uh, pairs of frames and lenses and all of the coatings and everything. And it's like $200 max or, you know, basically it didn't match up with what she was telling me. And she's like, oh no, iMed covers this. And I said, well, I don't have iMed. I have fed vip and it's a different thing she's like oh no i looked you up with your social security number and this is what it comes back as and i'm like okay well your system may be telling you one thing but i've never heard of imed i know that's not it so i log in to my fed vip program on my phone look up my account show her everything i'm like look this is this is my eye coverage here on my phone this is what it is Oh no, that's not what our computer says. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to tell you here other than that your computer is obviously wrong. I have never heard of IMED. I've never used it. I'm not on that plan. Here is my plan right here. I'm logged in. You can see right here, my name, my social security number, my account, all of that. Yeah. Well, this is just, you know, we looked it up and through our insurance program that we use, this is how it came up. And she's like, so do you want me to send them the bill? Like, do you want me to push this through? And I'm like, well, what is the alternative? Well, that you would just pay out of pocket. And I'm like, well, no, then I guess send them the bill and I'll just have to wait and see if they fucking pay it because I'm not really their customer. Somehow I'm in your computer as, as having that, but I don't actually have it. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) What if, what, what if they actually pay it because someone stole your identity and is paying for uh, insurance underneath that? <laughs> well, the the only thing that I could think was, I'm like, do you have the correct address and everything? Like, it, she's like, well, we use your social security number, and like the only thing that I could think is that perhaps they have it somehow confused with my genetic antecedent. Ah, uh. but. That wasn't, she said they looked it up with my social security number. So I don't, I don't know what the fuck it's just, it's just another one of those stupid fucking things that I've got to go through two layers of insurance. And then some people take it. Some people don't, some will take one, some will take the other, some take both. Some, the doctor is apparently covered, but not the place where he fucking works. It's just so maddening and frustrating and stupid and fucking, I, I just want to rip my hair out. And I was very, very pleasant with the person at the counter. I was just like, you know, gosh, you know, I'm sure you guys have to be every bit as upset and bothered by all of this insurance rigmarole as, as your customers. And 
the other lady sitting there was like, I've only been here two weeks. I don't really know. <laughs> but so, yeah, now I, it just is a big pain in the ass. Uh, but just another one of those things that you have to deal with here in the States because our quote unquote healthcare system is so fucking stupid. Uh, what we're going to be talking about atheism tonight. Oh, so see, I tell you what, though, you walk into the ER in a firefighter uniform, you mm-hmm. can see it right the fuck away. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll bet. Take yeah. you right back to like, yes, sir, Mr. Duffy, we'll come right back here. We'll set you down on this thing. And you want to take a nap? You can take a nap. We'll be back in about 15 minutes and uh, give you some stitches. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, do they have so I've I've got nurse friends. And um, my nurse friends and doctors I've talked to have said that, like, they always apply a, a farmer scale to the pain scale. Um, and so, like, anytime, like, a rural farmer back when I lived in Kansas would come in for, you know, reporting any kind of pain, they would add, like, two or three points. So if they reported a five, they were like, oh, it's probably like an eight. You know, like, farmer mm-hmm. walks in with, like, half of a shovel handle sticking out of his gut. And he's like, yeah, it's just a flesh wound, but the old miss wouldn't let me lay next to her because it kept poking her in the night. So I should get it checked out, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Do firefighters get the same treatment? I don't, well, when I went in, I had it wrapped up. Mm. So they couldn't even see it until the doc came in. He saw it. He's like, ah, yep. That's, he's like, yeah, that's going to need stitches. I'm like, yeah, that's what I was told. But uh, they didn't ask, like, how much pain are you in? I'm like, well, it's, it actually might have been numb because the, the most painful part of it was when I got home and the Novocaine wore off. Mm-hmm. Then it just felt like my face was on fire. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up in the morning and I couldn't feel my face. Mm-hmm. So. No S. Banjo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are continuing our series about atheism specifically. Uh, we'll be doing kind of an atheism one-on-one for this evening's episode or for today's episode. And we'll get to that on the other side of this little break. Hi, everybody. This is Mikey Weinstein. I'm the founder and president of the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Trump's sexual obsessions may destroy the earth. We should be running down this horrible little dictator. But the point is that the president has small genitals. And if you think we have a horrible demonic creature you better think again thank you to everybody who has rated the show on itunes and stitcher and are following us on youtube twitter and facebook and to all our patreon patrons you make the show possible all right and welcome back earlier in the show we talked about how we want to start talking about more like atheism qua atheism topics and i figure the best way to start with that is probably to talk about what atheism is and what atheism isn't. Uh, longtime listeners to the show will obviously not have a big problem with this, um, but there's always new folks listening. And um, fewer and fewer shows kind of act as an introductory, so we wanted to provide some contemporaneous material for that. Um, the things that mostly Dan and I and uh, Ryan are going to get into today are like, alternate models of what is atheism, theism, uh, Gnosticism, and agnosticism. Uh, and we will start by just looking at, like, what does the word atheism mean, right? Uh, and atheism is very simply, uh, like, the Latin root a and then theist, right? Which is to say somebody who is without a belief in God. Um, that's it, period, dot. Um, it is the answer to a single question. Do you believe that a God or gods exist? Right. If your answer to that question is no, then you are an atheist period. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Dan, are you comfortable going ahead with, uh, like the kind of Dawkins model of atheism versus theism? Sure. We can. I, I mean, if not, I I can do it. I just know that you had brought it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Well, I, I was wondering if you meant like if I agree that it's a thing that is worthy of discussion or <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> or if it, oh. or if it like applies to people broadly, that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. and, and I say that because in my mind, it's a binary question. You either believe in a God or gods or you do not. Right. That's mm-hmm. for me. That is that is atheism. You either have mm-hmm. an active belief in a God or gods or you do not. 
that's it mm-hmm. period bottom line yeah. um whereas i but, don't view it as binary um and that's oh, yeah. why yeah so i so, figured if you yeah so dawkins so, model sorry we've got the delay oh, no. i apologize go ahead no you're fine so if I guess I don't understand how it could not be binary. Maybe you could explain that first before we go into the Dawkins thing. Tell, tell me why you so think it's I, not binary. I I would rather start with the Dawkins thing um, okay. because I think that's the model that most people are familiar with. And then okay. I'll propose my alternative model. How's that okay. sound? Yeah, that sounds fine. So uh, I'm sure most of our listeners know who Richard Dawkins is and and are familiar with a lot of his work. I think he's done a lot of brilliant work. I think he's also stepped on his own dick more times than anybody can count <laughs> and yep. is kind I of a shit about with all of the above. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and is kind of a shit about certain things. Uh, I think, I think overall he's, he's contributed a great amount to the, the broad, broader atheist community um, and, and the humanist community as well. And that's, that's a different topic. We'll talk about all of these different distinctions in for, in future episodes for sure. Uh, I just want yeah. everybody to know yeah. that, you know, we, we all admire a lot of Dawkins' work, but there are certain things, as with most everybody, that we don't agree on mm-hmm. a lot that of people. We wholeheartedly disagree with him on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, that we, yeah, yeah I'll, absolutely I'll disagree. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that um, that's a future discussion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and part of what Dawkins did in his 2006 book, The God Delusion, was lay out uh, what, what has come to be. Uh, you know, conventionally or or more broadly known as the Dawkins scale, and it's the Dawkins scale of theism versus atheism, and it's a scale of from one to seven uh, about your belief uh, as it relates to a god or gods. Right. So, at the bottom of the scale, number one, or perhaps at the top of the scale, is strong atheist or strong theist. I'm sorry, where that person is 100 percent. Uh, 100% believes that there is a God. Uh, in the words of, of Carl Jung, it's that I do not believe I know, right? That they, they know or they claim to know that a God exists. Uh, number two on the scale is that it's a very high probability that a God exists, but they are just short of 100%. So they're, they're a de facto theist. Uh, a quote that you could use there is, I cannot know for certain, but I strongly believe in God and live my life on the assumption that he is there. Uh, number three on the scale is higher than a 50% chance that, that a God exists, but not very high. Um, and this is where we get into some other terminology. We're introducing the term agnostic here, so that that person would be technically agnostic, but leaning toward theism. Um, Somebody who would be at this level on the scale would say things like, I'm very uncertain, but I'm inclined to believe in a God. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's the squishy part of being an agnostic. Uh, number four on the scale would be that they're, they're perfectly even there. They, it, you know, it's a flip of the coin basically for them on whether they believe that a God exists or not. Um, they're completely impartial and agnostic. Like they, they're, they're of the opinion that God's existence and non-existence are, e- are exactly equiprobable, which is a new term to me. That's, I've not heard that one before. Um, a five on the scale is lower than 50% chance that a God, that a God or gods exist, but not very low. So still technically agnostic, but leaning toward atheism. Uh, somebody who rates as a five on the scale may say something like, I don't know whether God exists, but I'm inclined to be skeptical of claims of that sort. Uh, six on the scale, now we're moving more into people who would claim that they are atheists, right? Um, that is somebody who believes that there is a very low probability that a God exists, that a God or gods exist, but they're short of, of saying that there's zero chance of that. They're a de facto atheist. And that's the type of person who would say something like, well, I can't know for certain that a God or gods exist, but I think it's very improbable. And I live my life on the assumption that no God or gods exist. And lastly on the scale is a seven, and that's a strong atheist. And that's somebody who would claim to know that there is no God 
and they can say that with the same conviction as as uh, somebody at the other end of the scale who claims that they know there is a god. So those are the mm-hmm. so on this on the Dawkins scale, basically one and seven are direct polar opposites. With a one claiming that they know a god exists, and a seven claiming that they know a god or gods doesn't do not exist. Mm-hmm. And so that's I'm guessing using this scale is where you would say that you believe it's not necessarily a binary uh, prospect. Um, I think so. Functionally speaking, the grid that I use instead um, could map this scale, right? So instead of using this scale, which goes from the one you know Gnostic believer to seven you know uh, uh, Gnostic non-believer, right? Mm-hmm. You can draw that line on the scale that I'll propose, but I think that my scale provides greater depth. Um, and I, like I say my only because I can't recall where I originally read it, but it's not unique to me. Right. But it's the one that I have tended to use. Um, and if you'll imagine a grid, uh, like back in high school math, right. Uh, with an X and a Y axis, right. On one axis, let's say the Y, um, you'll have Gnosticism on top and agnosticism on bottom. And on the X axis, you'll have, uh, you know, theism to the right um, and atheism to the left, right? Mm-hmm. And you basically will will choose, you know, where your point lies with regards to um, the certitude that you have um, versus the like agnosticism that you have, right? So are you completely agnostic? Do you throw your hands up in the air when you make the argument, you know, whether or not there is a God or is not a God? Um, and then, you know, on the other axis, you're determining whether or not like, uh, uh, your position in that judgment is with gods or withouts. Right. Um, so you can have a Gnostic atheist, which is 100% certain there are no gods. And that would be the seven on the Dawkins scale. A Gnostic theist would be the one on the Dawkins scale. Um, an agnostic theist would be like his three or four, whatever that was. And then the agnostic atheist would be like the five or like six ish. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why I think the grid is a little bit more useful than Dawkins scale, because frequently in discussions and debates with Christians, um, they have tended to treat like Gnosticism or agnosticism as a virtue unto itself and will often try to trip up a atheist by saying like, well, you can't be 100% certain, right? And so I find it easier for an atheist to be able to describe, you know, the, the degree to which they're atheist on one uh, axis and agnostic on the other axis and say like, yeah, 100%, like I'm all the way to the right on atheism, right? Like I'm 100% atheist. However, but my Gnosticism is sitting at like a 90%, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not absolutely certain, but it's important that you distinguish between the two things as being distinct concepts, right? The, the knowledge of a thing or the certainty of the knowledge of the thing versus the stance of the thing that you have certitude about. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand that like functionally you can draw like, uh, I don't know if it's a diagonal line or more of like a U shape through that graph, right? To get the same thing as the Dawkins scale. I get that. Um, but in debates, I found it useful to separate the two concepts rather than having them on the same sliding scale um, mm-hmm. to get over the concerns that a lot of theists will have with like, oh, you're just as certain as me. So you're, you know, just religious about atheism. And it's like, OK, no, no, I'm not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think that it presents the opportunity to um, instead of just putting theism on the other side of the spectrum, you can say, oh, Mormonism or Hindu or Buddhism, right, at the end of that scale. And so then you can say, well, I'm 100% certain that the claims made by the Mormon religion are not true, inherently contradictory, and have no evidence. Therefore, I'm Gnostically atheist with regards to Mormonism and start knocking down religious claims one by one, which is why I personally, on the Dawkins scale, would be a seven because of all of the God claims made by any of the world's religions, um, I reject them on a Gnostic basis. Um, I know that the claims they make are inherently 
contradictory and, and ascientific. Um, and I don't start from the default position that religion is true, right? So they are making the positive claim, therefore the burden of proof that their God exists is on them, not on me denying that claim. Mm -hmm. So that's where I come from. And yeah. I, I, I was to say, I like that scale that you pulled up, Dan, because that's how I kind of look at it as well. You're either agnostic or agnostic on both sides. You 100% believe or you might have some doubts, no matter which side you're on, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Which is why I like that. And I think Dawkins does the same thing, but it's just really drawn out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But like what Taylor just said, where you can be 100% certain that Mormonism is, is bullshit. I agree with that, but I also kind of go further and say, no, if I don't think any of your, your religions are true and you mm -hmm. are the one claiming gods or you came up with a concept of God, why should I believe there's anything like a God to fucking begin with? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're the one that made yeah. up, made up gods. So yeah, well, and I guess you know, there I might guess be some God. Just not one described yet. Like, why would I believe that? Yeah. You made that and, whole thing up. Here, yeah. And, and here's where the discussion gets, gets a little more squishy, right? Like it depends on the question that's being asked. Mm -hmm. You know, if, because here in the United States in particular, if somebody says, are you, are you an atheist or a theist? And in my view that that is a binary thing, you either, have an active belief in a God or gods, or you do not, right? You, you either believe that they exist or you don't. And if you believe they exist, you're an, you're a theist. If you don't, then you're an atheist. But that is complicated because here in the United States, when people ask that question, they're referring like 99.9% .9 of the time to the Christian God, right? They're not asking me if I believe in, you know, Athena or Zeus or, or Thor or, you know, any, any God ever proposed, they're specifically referring to the Christian God. And well, I, I definitely believe in Thor. I've seen his ass. So <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him swing a hammer around. It's pretty cool. Um, and, and, but like I said, that's, that's where the, the definitions and the language gets a little more squishy and you have to ask some more probing questions about what they're, what the question is actually asking, right? Like, what does the person really want to know? Like, if you ask me, uh, am I religious? I'm going to say no, but that doesn't mean that I don't necessarily believe that a God exists, right? If somebody mm -hmm. comes up to you, Ryan, and says, oh, are you a religious person? Well, you would say no, right? No. Clearly, being uh, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, no, finish your thought. I'm sorry. Uh, I can't remember what it was. You're fine. <laughs> um, I'm an asshole. I apologize. I'm sorry. No, you're totally fine, man. That's fine. Um, and, and that's where I find the graph really useful, right? Because I can say, if I'm talking to a Christian and say like, here's the deal, I'm going to whip out this graph and I can draw it on a napkin, you know, and I'll say, all right, he, I'm atheist over here mm -hmm. and, uh, or, or rather, rather I'm going to say I'm a Gnostic, right? Like, can we agree that, that you and I are 100% certain that, you know, uh, Thor does not exist, right? Like Thor is absurd. Right. Or, or the, the Japanese creation, creation God that wanked off into the ocean and created the seven islands of Japan or whatever it was. Right. Like let's, mm -hmm. let's agree that those gods are absurd. Right. So I'm going to draw a little dot. Right. And it's going to be over here, you know, atheist and Gnostic, right. With regards to Thor, right. Atheist and Gnostic with regards like, you know, the great spirit on the mountain and, and so on. Right. And, mm -hmm. and you draw those dots a couple of times and you say, here's the deal. You and I are in the same part of the grid for all of these other gods, but then you're over here for your God. Why? Mm -hmm. Like what, why your God and not all of these other gods? Because, you know, every Hindu wakes up in the morning believing in Ganesh as deeply as you believe in Jesus. Right. So why, mm -hmm. uh, why, right? What, tell me why you don't believe in Hinduism and I will use the same form to tell you why you shouldn't believe in Christianity. And I feel like the Dawkins scale doesn't allow for that kind of juxtaposition because mm -hmm. it only treats with gods ambiguously, lowercase g gods, as opposed to being able to accept, 
you know, specific gods, basically, for mm-hmm. the purpose of that kind of debate. Yeah. And I, I think part of my part of part of the reason I push back on that is that, you know, throughout any well, in all of the speaking engagements that I've ever done, inevitably I have a conversation with somebody who approaches me and says, Well, you know, I don't I don't necessarily I'm not religious. I'm not I don't necessarily believe that a God exists, so I'm agnostic. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you're wrong for for claiming atheism because then you're making a positive assertion that that a god doesn't exist and then you right, have to get right. you know then you get into the weeds of well no i i'm i'm not saying that there's no possibility that a god exists mm-hmm. it's that every god as you mentioned earlier every god that i've ever heard proposed doesn't fit within a logical framework and is right. necessarily to be excluded from a list of possibilities yeah, and, and the thing is, though, is if somebody comes up to you and engages in a debate, um, either they're going to be intellectually honest enough to accept the fact that, like, you can do the same thing. Like, oh, hey, Mr. Agnostic, right? I'm sure that there are gods that you are certain don't exist, right? Like, I'm sure that you go to sleep at night not worrying that if you don't die a warrior's death, you know, you won't go to Valhalla, right? You aren't concerned about that. You don't worry that in the end of your life... You know, you're going to have to get in a fight and die that way to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the same, uh, I keep wanting to say Moore's Law, but what's the uh, uh, Pascal's Wager, right? Like people don't, don't they, aren't, they aren't Benny in the mummy with a hundred little trinkets around their neck, you know, engaging in Pascal's Wager with every God that they can think of, right? Mm-hmm. Even the agnostic dismisses out of hand Scientology or Mormonism or Wicca, right? Um, they mm-hmm. don't sit there wondering like, oh, which is more likely, like the, the trifold mothers of Wicca or Ganesh, right? Like they don't engage in this sort of debate. So you've got to start them from, okay, let us agree that gods aren't assumed, right? That the universe can come from a place without divinity. And then we, like you said, Dan, can agree that the onus is on anyone making a god claim, uh, to prove that that God exists, right? And then you and I can agree Gnostically that certain gods just don't exist. Like it makes no sense for them to have existed. And you mm-hmm. know this. And then just take a few steps further, just like with the Christian. Um, and if that person is intellectually honest, you can lead them down that road. Um, but oftentimes I've encountered uh, agnostics who are enlightened centrists, right? And they just get their jollies <laughs> off by taking the contrarian so-called middle way. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah, and you were the- gonna change that person's mind anyway. Oh yeah. Well and that's the that's the person that I'm that I'm speaking to and about. Like mm-hmm. the the person who who approaches me, they've they've come to an atheist event to hear somebody who, you know, claims to be an atheist, who espouses atheist values, virtues, and belief or non-belief. And then afterward comes up to them and says, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not religious and I don't necessarily believe in a God, but I'm not an atheist. Well then what the fuck are you doing here? Are you, are you, are you looking to be convinced or are you just looking to have an argument argument with me? Because approaching me afterward really just, and saying that to me really just seems like you want to have an argument with me and try to point out to me that you think I'm wrong for some reason. And then you have to have this long discussion with them about, okay, well, what do you believe? What do you not believe? What God are you talking about? Are you, and like you said, mentioning every God ever created, like clearly you are an atheist as it relates to, and you can name off, you know, one of Mm -hmm. thousands of gods who have been proposed and they could go, oh yeah, no, that one's bullshit. And here in the United States, most everybody is going to be relating specifically to the Christian God. And it's something that is just so pervasive and and normalized and normative here that that's what everybody expects that you're talking about. Well, here's here's my question on that, though. Mm -hmm. So people that have left religion and are now finding themselves to be atheists, even though they might say agnostic, could they possibly be looking at the word atheism as a bad word? Like, I don't want to be that. Like, even though I am. Like from what I was told, I'm still holding on to some of that shit in my brain. Atheism mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah. So I'm and I find that is, I find that very similar to the like mythical transitory bisexual, right? Um, 
as a bi person, this you is always frustrating. You haven't been with the right person, yeah. You, you're, right. Well, no, no, no. More so, more so, like the the Mormon guy who married a woman, uh, and is and he is gay, right? And he starts mm-hmm. by being like, "Oh, well, I think I'm interested in men," while still entertaining relationships with women until you know the day he finally admits that he's gay and has been living in the yeah. closet, right? Um, and agnosticism fills that same kind of role where a person's like, oh, well, I'm going to express some, some hesitancy and, and uncertainty until I, I reach that position. And in he, here's the thing, right? Again, it comes to intellectual honesty, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're on the path to leaving religion and becoming an atheist, uh, I think agnosticism is not only good, but warranted because we're talking about certainty and you are still introducing yourself to the information that allows you to have that certainty, right? Like me by benefit of having read about atheist issues and religious claims for 15, 20 years, like I've got the foundational knowledge to say like, Oh no, here's tons of reasons why X, Y, Z religion is bullshit. If you've been raised in a religion your whole life, you don't have that information. So of course you're uncertain. Um, I think it's after encountering that inf- encountering that information, if you still hold a position of agnosticism mm-hmm. in the way that we've discussed it for the last ten minutes, um, then I think that's intellectually dishonest. Is that yeah is that fair? Oh, I agree with you. I, I wish people would refer to themselves more as atheists than agnostic when they truly are an atheist, because mm-hmm. I think it would make the term atheist seem less boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then you get to like. You know, whether or not a humanist describes themselves first and foremost as humanist or atheist, right? Like in which, which is doing which group better benefit for visibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I don't know, it, it's, it's one of those things that it just, you know, it, it kind of depends on your audience, who you're talking to, the, the topic of, of discussion, everything that has gone on so far, and then setting your own definitions and terms and asking the person what they mean by that kind of thing. And you have to have these long conversations with somebody to get to a basic thing where, you know, my shortcut is, do you have an active belief in a God or gods? If so, you're an, you're, you're a theist. If not, you're an atheist. And it's like, you can use the term agnostic and that tells me fucking nothing at all about what you believe. Like you can say I'm an agnostic. Okay. So if I'm, if I'm somebody who is a Christian and I hear you say that you're an agnostic, I'm automatically equating that with somebody who's an atheist. Mm -hmm. And if you are an atheist and you hear somebody say that they're agnostic, I'm automatically equating, equating that with somebody who's an atheist because it's, it's such a squishy throwaway term for people on on opposite ends of the spectrum that for those people and most people in between that on like on a sliding scale you know from from everybody who's a, a strong theist to a strong atheist everybody who's not more toward the middle is automatically going to put a person who claims agnosticism in one camp or the other they're not going to say oh well you could be in my camp or the other it, it could really go either way it's just it in my experience, it's a squishy, throwaway, garbage term. Hello, this is Stu DeHaan, co-chapter head of the Satanic Temple Arizona chapter, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. The menu, this is real. We're going to have the pasta. We're going to have the, the nut sauce. You know, We're going to have plenty of blood, plenty of semen for you, and other delicious things on the menu. And we're going to have vats of blood, and we're going to have succulent hot dogs. We know you love succulent hot dogs. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! I mean, how, how many times have you heard a person say, I'm not religious, but I believe in God? Yeah, uh, or, or they're spiritual, right? Yeah, which yeah. to me, that you basically saying, I'm agnostic, but I don't want you to think I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. like and, i'm not religious i don't believe in religion but i do believe in god yeah and and a large part of that just comes from the stigma that is attached to the term atheism and uh there's been efforts in the past that are well i say in the past but are ongoing efforts to normalize the term atheism to make it not so stigmatized and automatically associated with things that are bad 
uh, I know for a long time, um, before I like came out publicly as an atheist, I would use, I would say that I was an atheist to people that I trusted very privately. And otherwise I would say that I was agnostic or that I just wasn't religious or I didn't believe any of that kind of stuff or whatever the case was. But to use the term atheist with a lot of people, particularly, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago was to equate yourself with being a theistic Satanist. <laughs> you know, everybody equated with, oh, well, if you don't believe in God and you say you're an atheist, well, then you must worship the devil. Yeah. And that nothing could be farther from the truth. That, that's well, where I just give them a blind look being like, you realize I don't believe in any gods, right? Yeah. It also includes their counters in right. hell. I don't believe in them either. So yeah, what the fuck you smoking, bud? Well, and that brings up the other thing that I wanted to make sure we covered, which is um, going back to that definition, right? Atheism is simply the answer to the question, you know, do you believe in God? No, it's literally nothing else about any of your beliefs. Like I can envision, you know, as, as a thought experiment, right? Uh, stranger things, right? Let's, let's imagine that some child is raised in a laboratory somewhere. And the only information that that child receives is the information given to them by the cabal of scientists who are raising that person, right? And they teach that kid things that are like factually wrong. Elephants are purple. Um, you know, the sky is golden colored. The earth is 6,000 years old, what have you. But amongst mm. all the false facts and true facts that, that person is taught um, and whatever values that person is taught, among the things is that they are not taught any belief in God. And that person stumbles out into the world at 15 years old and is, encounters people who worship any religion. They're going to look at that religion and say, that's sure strange. And like you could craft a person to have worldview beliefs that are in line with Christianity, you know, young earth, uh, um, you know, Terra centric, right? Shit like that. Um, evolution didn't happen, right? You can imbue all of those beliefs in the person, but still have them be non-religious in this hypothetical because that's mm -hmm. not the question being asked, right? Atheism has no, it, it, it presents zero statement for any other truth values that the person holds, except that they do not believe in God or gods, mm -hmm. period. Humanism, yeah. Um, the satanic temple, yes, right? Not Church of Satan. Um, flying spaghetti monster, you know, tongue in cheek, yes, right? All atheist religions. Um, but they go a step further than saying, you know, there is no God. They say, and also we have X, Y, Z values, right. And believe mm -hmm. X, Y, Z truth claims about the world. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Just like theism, you know, going from a statement of, I believe that there's a God, um, into, okay, well, which one, like Protestant Jesus, Catholic Jesus, baby Jesus, you know, um, are you pre guns, Jesus, right? Trinitarian Jesus, standalone yeah. Jesus, individual Jesus. Yeah. Zeus, Mithras, Ganesh, you know, Thor, like Loki in horse form, fucking around with Thor. Like, what is it, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, I mean, that's important too. We're going to have to get into the, 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 the debate stuff because I always love dan's debate he got to do there what was, was that two years ago three years ago with the uh oh, no, pre-determinist pre the the one and the one and only actual formal debate i've i've been a participant in yeah but i love i love the apologetics thing saying atheism can't be real because you're here oh the presuppositionalist yeah, yeah. where i'm like yeah, yeah we're, we would have been more prepared with this. We could have came with people's arguments of why atheism isn't real, but I don't, I don't see how you can have an argument saying, I don't believe something like, well, well, I don't believe you don't believe that because I know, you know, there's a God. So therefore you're just rejecting God, which just makes you a sinner. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what you, well, I'm going to tell you what you personally believe. Yeah. That's, mm. that's bullshit. And yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about, uh, apologetics and and a whole bunch of various religious beliefs uh in future episodes i wanted to make this one pretty much just an introduction to what atheism is and what it is not and a lot of the terms that surround atheism uh the the big one being agnosticism and as i mentioned i just think 
claiming that you're agnostic doesn't really tell me much of anything other than that you like when I hear so when somebody says to me that they're an agnostic, that tells me that they don't believe in a Christian God and they're leaning toward atheism, but they're they haven't looked into it enough to come to a firm conclusion. They're still they're still quote unquote searching. They're still trying to firm up their stance and defend what they may already believe internally. And so in order to make things a lot smoother in life and in their relationships with other people who may be believers, they use the term agnostic rather than atheist so that they don't set off any alarm bells and create any fires that uh, people decide are hellfires and need to put out. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then there are some people who exist um, left and right, and and most frequently in my experience in the more like libertine direction of both, who have this like compunction against people who express certitude about anything, um, mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes from those people I've I've heard demonstrated like oh well it's just as dogmatic to believe that like the sun will come up in the east, you know, or that, that, you know, there are or aren't gods and all of that jazz, you know, and they just, they dislike the idea of having any degree of certainty about a thing. And they, they take on bridge with that. Um, yeah. People who are just contrarians even, for contrarian's sake. Yeah. Even yeah. science isn't 100% on anything, Taylor. Yeah. We used to think the earth Always was like flat. Little bit like, no, we didn't. We never did. <laughs> we never thought the earth was flat. <laughs> Religions, well, I mean, we never did personally. No, no, I mean, like, like the Western world. There was a Greek oh, the Western world never Ptolemy, did. I think. Yeah, like, well, to include Christianity, like Ptolemy calculated the curvature of the Earth and and its overall circumference within like hundreds of meters of accuracy. Yeah, it was very, by his yeah. by doing the poles, right? He put the poles down, was looking at mm-hmm. how much appearing, yep. and did the math on it, and. You measure a small amount of the curve, you can figure out the uh, rest of it. Done. Too easy. Yeah. All and, because and he was watching like, oh, disappear. Right. <laughs> right. Same reason why. Yeah. Um, okay. So is there anything else on this subject that is, you know, we should include before moving on to um, what we've got next? I would say if you are an atheist, don't be afraid to say you're an atheist in public. Mm-hmm. Don't other people's feelings because they are religious. Just be like, no, I'm an atheist. Don't hide it. Mm-hmm. If you're, yeah, I think everybody, yeah. If you're if you're in a safe situation where you're not dependent on anybody, anybody else, you're not dependent on your your parents for support. Anybody else who could make your life more difficult. If you are able to say that you're an atheist, you should do that for sure because it helps provide a blanket of security and protection. Their strength in numbers for everybody else who is an atheist. Uh, it it helps normalize it. It makes it not so stigmatizing and quote unquote bad for anybody of religious faith. It's just, yeah, I, you know, you believe this thing and I don't, and that's fine. And, and you can, I think the best thing to do there is to just even kind of use it as a throwaway thing like, oh yeah, no, I don't believe that I'm an atheist and move on and, and start talking about what you do believe and, and find points of agreement and commonality. Um, yeah. I, I think the more we can do to normalize the term atheism, the better it is for everybody, theists included. Mm-hmm. And and as we're endeavoring in this new kind of like 101 miniseries or, or however this ends up being, right? Um, if you're coming into atheism, like if you're if you're in a position where you're still agnostic or you still have doubts or what have you, or you know, probably more likely, you know, you're a future listener and one of your friends has been listening to this and said, Hey, I should show this to Jimmy over here, he could really benefit from it. You know, whatever time period that you're finally listening to this episode, um, shoot us a message right on on Facebook or email or voicemail or whatever. And if you have specific questions about claims made by, you know, different religions or, you know, questions about like the, the strength of atheism holding up against its counterclaims, like let us know what those questions are and we will include them in a segment and address them um, because we want to be answering those questions, it could be hard to find the information on your own. Oh, for sure. Uh, in that vein, we recently received a message from listener Mackenzie Peterson, uh, 
who uh, I believe had questions about um, a previous episode that we had done when we were talking about abortion. It was shortly after the Supreme Court came down with their decision uh, that basically struck down Roe. And so McKenz called us and left us the following message. Hey, Dan, Ryan, and Taylor, if you're there. This is McKenz uh, in Southern California. And I had an inspiration from the abortion conversation on the episode that came out uh, on uh, July 17th. And uh, I think somebody needs to start a program that not just tracks how many women die because a fetus that should have been aborted killed them, but every single member of those state legislatures up to and including the governor and the fucking Supreme Court justices who fucking got rid of the law should receive a postcard. Every single fucking woman should have a postcard sent in their name after they are murdered by this bullshit. All right. Uh, it's midnight, so I gotta get to bed. But uh, hopefully, uh, this idea gets out there and somebody can take take up that up and make it happen. I gotta and say, I, I love that how Google in the in where it translates what McKenna <laughs> said, it oh. puts little stars where all the curse words are. <laughs> yeah. That's just it's funny. To me. It's protecting us. Yeah, it's it's these delicate sensibilities. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you very much for the call and for the message. Um, I I agree with the sentiment 100%. I think that any of the Supreme Court justices, anybody who is on the far right, anybody who is a Supreme Court justice and or on the far right who happens to operate in public and go anywhere in public should have no fucking sense of peace until everybody else is able to have this sense of peace. Like, they... They should be pariahs who are are drowned out, banned, and harassed and harangued every fucking place they go because their decisions have affected more than half of the United States population and they don't give a fuck. They don't they don't care. They're they've laid down something that they've upended more than fifty years of jurisprecedence and civil rights for women. I don't think that they should be able to just go about their daily lives without somebody constantly reminding them of what a piece of fucking shit they are. Yeah. I, I know Taylor had a different opinion because, and I kind of agree with his opinion. Um, <laughs> they're pieces of shit and don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, so, so I'm, I'm between those two, right? Because as Dan said, like, I don't think they should have peace in public. Right. Um, this is, this is not advice. I'm not asking you to go out and do anything, right? Um, but I smile when I read news stories about, you know, people who have created policy that harms people's lives being disrupted at restaurants and things like that, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, you know. Like, if you just can't get your dessert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so recently in the news, it was that Brett Kavanaugh went to Morton's, uh, went to Morton's Steakhouse, and there were protesters outside the steakhouse that he never even saw, never encountered, never saw, never spoke to, never heard boo from because he was secreted out a back, a back ex exit from Morton's. And then Morton's put out their own statement saying that these people should be able to live their own private lives and blah, 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 blah. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck Morton's for even saying that because then they're taking a side by saying that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to tell, to, to address your concerns with these people in public. They are taking a public stance and saying, no, we think that whatever this person does as their job shouldn't be affected in any of their private life. Fuck that. I mm -hmm. don't agree with that at all. But however, but, um, that is that is a a social consequence for their actions um mm -hmm. if somebody were to engage in that um that is unavoidable knowing what i know about the political process 
if something were to be done, like say sending postcards, right, as suggested, um, not only is that private, but also it is completely avoidable, right? For the most part, congressional workers, justices, et cetera, like have staffers who go through their mail, right? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you, you know, the, the representative or justice or what have you doesn't even read their own mail. Like they've got a staffer who reads it for them. And if they yeah, think something is particularly relevant, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like if you were to send, you know, the, the abortion postcards, what would happen is, is the, the senator in question or what have you would see it like once and then they would go to their aide and say, if I catch any more of this shit on my desk, you know, you're out of a job. So make mm-hmm. it happen. Right. And then they mm-hmm. would never see that shit again. And it's like it doesn't exist. And that is mm-hmm. among the different processes that Republicans can use to not feel pressure for their actions. And so um, good practice, good, good um, you know, actions to cause change is making sure that the things you propose doing are things that will create real world consequences, right? Um, if, if I can be so vague, right? Make, make mm-hmm. sure that your protest actually impacts someone to cause them to want to do change. Otherwise, you're doing it for your own edification, not to mm-hmm. make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because like you said, just sending it in will mean that they probably never see it. They'll, they'll have and, – and it will probably be boiled down to, okay, well, how many hate postcards did we receive today? They're not going to they're not going to see them personally. It's going to be a staffer who sees them, who counts them up, puts sorts them into piles of this person agrees with you, this person disagrees, this person just wants to offer an opinion that may be different. And that's all they're ever going to hear about it. I'm all for direct action, making these these people's lives as insufferable as a ten year old in Ohio who is raped and has to travel out of state to go and get an abortion. Which is if not a call to, to action for any particular person to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I loved how all the conservative uh, news stations got to eat crow on that whole fucking thing. When oh, yeah. And but the guy that but raped the her, is, they still don't care. You know, like, yeah. Well, they, but, no, they don't care. But as soon as, as soon as the guy was arrested and charged for raping her, they shut the fuck up. Well, because then they just moved to the next story made up. It's not real. And then once the guy got arrested and like, oh, we can't keep saying this because there's actual charges filed now. And this yeah. is a real story because it's, yeah. it's now demonstrably false, but it's not going to change my overall narrative or change my mind about anything. It's just mm-hmm. going to make me shut up about this one particular instance of this. Yeah. Well, and, and I forget the name of the particular like bias or heuristic, but there's one that the right benefits from considerably, which is, the first story you hear is the one that you tend to believe. Oh, yeah. um, and so it doesn't matter whether or not the story was later debunked. They're going to remember what they heard first. Mm-hmm. And and if you turn around and ask them two years from now, they're going to say, oh, the fake 10-year-old as opposed yeah. to, you know. Well, considering yeah. they don't talk about the fact that, oh, we made a mistake. We're sorry. We apologize on our reporting of this. They just stop reporting on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just go yeah. But we have extended past our allotted time for this episode. Uh, We'll talk about these things in more detail in future episodes. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff, atheism-related, various religious beliefs, uh, whole major sects, and what they believe and why, and why atheism, we believe, is the best answer Mm -hmm. to the question of does a god or god exist? Does a God or gods exist? Counter apologetics, um, you know, critical thinking boot camp, all kinds of fun stuff. You know, we want to make sure to employ you with the tools to go out into the world and um, make good assessments about the claims that people make around you so that when somebody spouts bullshit, uh, you can identify it and call it out Mm -hmm. to include religion. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be two skeptical chaps. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail, Peanut Buttra. Doug Willoughby. John McCullough. 
Ollie Olson. Schneid Duffy. Sir Roses of the River. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrews. Celia, the Trump hating satanic bitch. Theodore Sellen. <laughs> Out of order. Sorry, it was that one last week. My bad. Oh, you're fine. Ooh, that was a nice peel of thunder I just got. We got to hurry oh. this up. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. Kevin Scheel, who is a new Patreon patron. Thank you very much, Kevin. Welcome aboard. Clank Trucking. Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. Good news, everyone. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Mackenzie Peterson. Thank you for the phone message. Marvin Draken. Martina Fern. Megan Mitchell. Not a fucking gymnast. The next Patreon is an updog. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Savita Kuna. Socialized Healthcare Saved My Life. Tim Jacobson. James. And Rick and Morty want you to please support the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Wubba-lubba-dub-dub. Thank you all very, very much. If you yeah. would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode to get all kinds of fun things like extended episodes, bonus episodes, extended outtakes, clips from the cutting room floor, and the knowledge that you are keeping the show going. Thank you very, very much. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm looking forward to our future episodes talking about this kind of stuff because it's fun. I like to talk about it a lot. I like to talk about all of the little nuances like atheism. Is it a binary question or not? Agnosticism. Where does that fit into the atheism question? It's just, it's fun to talk about. I like it. Yeah. And it's been a while. I think we got treading water for a while there during the last, you know, that, that four year period of time. So very political bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I am off to go have some dinner. Ooh. I got pie. I'm going to grab some sleep. So, ciao. Thanks, guys. Bye. No. Cancel that. I had to to take off my earbuds there for part of the uh, cut story. Oh, fine. (laughs) Because I get squeamish. Uh, Yeah. It wasn't. I mean... Did you did you look at the photos of the open wound? Briefly. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> well, I was what I was worried about was this piece down here. Like I even asked the doc, I said, Well, don't worry, I'll cover it up. You're okay, Taylor. 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 <laughs> it's not I wasn't gonna say anything too disgusting. I'll 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 leave the mark right here so you can't see it. Uh, no, because I had wondered now. if just, I had wondered if the skin had been like removed. I, Brian, I can't emphasize this enough. <laughs> I am sorry that you were in pain. I don't want to hear about it. Well, it didn't hurt. That was the thing, like, Not even a little bit. Like, I don't need I it described. Okay. Uh, I mean, does this? If I do it like this, Taylor, your will this friend. make it better? I, I don't mind seeing your stitches. I just don't need you talking to me about the wound before uh, it was still if, flopping if, around like a gash. <laughs>